Hi, I'm Christina Rodenbeck from the Oxford Astrologer, and I'm here with my dear friend and colleague, uh, Sally Kirkman from sallykirkman.com. Uh, and we are going to talk about the astrology of the month ahead. Um, of the month ahead for, you know, Libra month. So that's starting the uh, 22nd of September going through to the 22nd of October. We meet to do this once a month um, and to exchange ideas and talk about last month a little bit. Sally, how's it been? Um, hi, Christina. Hello. It's been busy. <laughs> <laughs> it's been super busy. And I, you know, astrologically, the sun's been in Virgo, industrious for me. And that Mars in Aries has just been getting me going, really. I mean, I'm planning a move. I'm going to be moving home at the end of October. So I'm basically just kind of in that kind of pre-move where everything gets sorted, where I kind of have a list of my long of things I need to do. So, and it, there was a stage when it was really go, go, go. But actually Mars turned retrograde on September the 9th and my energy has been flagging. And I've kind of been fighting off some, I don't know, I've just been tired. It's not COVID. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been tired. I've been a bit worn out. That's important. So, um, you are a very Mars ruled person. I am. I am. So it's, it's always, you know, I do always feel the Mars retrograde very personally, actually. So it's just a kind of, you know, reminder to sort of pace myself and not go all in as Mars is, you know, want to do. Um, so yeah, but it's, it, yeah, so it's kind of exciting, but busy and I've just need to be a bit careful. I don't get into overwhelm. How about you? Well, um, it's interesting, actually, I was thinking about the Mars in Aries because it's sort of ninth house, eighth house for me. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I unexpectedly had to make a trip when Mars was, went into Aries, which was to go to France and deal with my dad's funeral and stuff. Um, that's a very ninth house thing. And then Mars is now retrograding back into the eighth house. And there's all of this stuff to deal with, to do with, uh, you know, inheritance, etc. cetera. Mm. Mm. Going back and into the eighth house. The reason I say kind of eighth house, ninth house to people is because by, if I just go from the, the sort of uh, whole sign houses, Mm. which is what I tend to use when we're doing this podcast. And I use a lot for um, prediction, etc., or forecasting rather than prediction. Uh, then because I have Leo rising, it's in my ninth house. Mm. Mm. Um, so that is the house of travel. But my Leo rising is at the very end of Leo. Mm. So by other house systems, it's actually in the eighth house of inheritance. Mm. And I think that's sometimes useful for people to think about if you, you know, if you go deeper into the astrology. Yeah. It can, it can be like affecting two different areas of life. Can't yeah. It? yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, Mars in, I have an Aries ascendant and Mars went over my ascendant early degrees very yeah. quickly. And it's going to spend all this time in the first house. So for me, it is about it's physical energy and, you know, it's really straightforward, isn't it, for you? And it's like being mm. physically busy and then physically not busy. So, yes. Sally, you need to take, you need to get into bed, pull up the duvet, get your, you know, remote control working really well for the TV mm. for two months. Well, no, I can't do that, but that would be <laughs> nice. <laughs> but thanks for the advice. That's the ideal advice. Oh, yeah. Useful astrological advice. I just drop everything. Yeah. You know. <laughs> no, I'll be, I, I am getting lots of sleep at the moment. I'm prioritizing sleep, which is good. So, But it is a time, I mean, we are in a time of uh, that it's good for getting rid of stuff, isn't it? Letting yeah. go, getting rid of stuff. This is because of uh, all these planets at the end of Capricorn. Yeah. Which is kind of an endings kind of place. Yeah. And also the Mars retrograde, this is letting go of stuff that you maybe shouldn't have been hanging on to for so long or one shouldn't have been hanging on to for so long. 
And we were just talking as well about how many people are doing this. Like if you go down the tip, there's always a massive queue and <laughs> charity shops. So we're taking only one bag on Saturday at 12. <laughs> well, it's you have like, to make an appointment to drop off stuff. I know. So many people, they've got so much stuff. So yeah, a year of decluttering as well as other things. It is, it is. You know, there's, it was the year in Oxford that the Oxfam Superstore opened which seemed to be a very kind of good thing for, you know, Pluto and Jupiter, uh, Pluto, Jupiter conjunction in Capricorn, you know, recycling old stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's, and, we're, and you know, this whole year as well, we are looking at our attachment to stuff actually, aren't we? What matters, you know, where your values yeah. lie. Um, and I think we're learning what is important and what's not. So interesting times. So we're going into Libra month, though, speaking of beautiful stuff, keeping the beautiful yeah. Yeah. Uh, and letting keep everything that is either beautiful or useful mm-hmm. and let go of the things that are not. Mm. Mm. Um, but Libra, you know, is a, we're halfway through, so we're coming up to the equinox. And Libra's in general, would you say that this is a balanced sign as it is represented by the scales i was going to say les balance well you know i think the thing about the scales is you're constantly trying to aim for balance but actually the reality of scales is that they're usually constantly out of balance yeah (laughs) um you know and it's um, you may reach that moment of kind of harmony everything's fine and then oh something gets out of balance again so that actually moment of harmony and balance doesn't last for you know as we know in life it doesn't kind of last constantly you can you have to recalibrate the scales and don't so, you find that libra rising and libra sun can be attracted to very unbalanced people <laughs> You know, they're interested in, in problem people who they can help harmonize, you know. Well, yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. And they, you know, elite, typical Libra finds themselves through the other mm. as well. So maybe you need to take, you know, maybe they have these different people in their lives to learn about themselves ultimately. Yeah, and they have difficult people. Um, you know, it's a very... Um, it can be a very, you know, it's a very kind of, uh, Librans tend to be very interested in the other person as well. Mm, interested completely, in other people. Um, with many social connections quite often. Mm. And uh, my mother's a Libra, was mm. a Libra. Mm. Is she still a Libra? Does she continue to be a Libra after death? That's how you think of her. <laughs> I think of her as this Libra. And as well as being quite a charming person and very interested in um, making the home harmonious, she was always fascinated by the lives of others, including, you know, the postman. So she knew everything about all the trades, you know, everybody that she came into contact with. She knew all about their own social relations as well. Mm. So it was really embarrassing. We'd go to sort of a restaurant. She'd say, oh, yes, darling, that's the waitress. She's, she's been having an affair with the chef. And yeah. uh, he has three illegitimate uh, children in the next village, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that is so Libra. I think they're yeah. constantly, you know, it's the Libras I know, are, their relationship status is always incredibly important, whether they're in one, out of one, looking for one. Yeah. That's really important. But also, yes, they just, you know, they, it's one of the air signs as well, isn't yeah. it? So that kind of gossip about people. And I think they're really good at getting people to open up about oh, their Oh, gosh, life. completely. <laughs> That's how my mother knew all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was the waitress that told her. Yeah. Last time. Because they're very sweet and very charming and yeah. very persuasive and quite manipulative if needs to be. So <laughs> great politicians, of course. Yeah, it's that, you know, they've they they're Venus ruled, but they're also an air sign. So Lordy, they have a they have a way of getting extracting <laughs> <laughs> They're socially skilled. Let's put it like that. These yeah. are socially skilled people. you know, we may all could learn some manners from our Libran. Yeah, friends, um, yeah. friends and relations. Mm. Uh, 
yeah. Uh, so what were you going to, were you going to say something just then? I was just going to say, I mean, there's, you know, I have my daughter's Libra, lovely. Mm. Libra. I, I, I often say lovely Libra and I have a friend who's classic Libra. She's just kindness personified. And my daughter mm. too, always in the playground was always trying to make sure people had friends or sorting out people's, you know, other kids problems, that sort of thing. And my Libra friend always has a little gift for you. She has mm. a box full of little gifts that, so there's that, you know, that is all the lovely side of Libra. But they're also incredibly tough. They're mm. tough cookies as well, aren't they? I mean, they, politics attracts many Libras. Um, yeah. Usually they have something extra in their chart, don't they? I mean, the classic one who you've written about is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yes, um, I love her. She's got a Sun-Mars conjunction in Libra, hasn't she? So that, you know. That's her, another Libra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that gives that tough cookie edge. And of course, Margaret Thatcher was the classic with Saturn in Scorpio on the ascendant, the Iron Lady. So, you know, mm. sometimes there's something extra going on in the astrology that really makes them these, you know, they're tough. They're really, you know, they're well, tough. And the, one of the reasons they're interested in politics is because they're interested in what's fair and what's not fair. Yes. You know, and you may not agree with what they think is fair. Uh, you know, I would think that Mrs. Thatcher and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would be on very different sides. Yes, absolutely. But, but you know, they have uh, opinions, they have passions. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, this is also what makes them great conversations quite often. Yeah. It's because they're quite, you know, they will take sides. Mm. You know, they're called the peacemaker. People say, oh, Librans are peacemakers. Mm. And they can't make decisions. Well, that's not completely true, actually, is it? Is mm-hmm. they they actually are inclined? I find in in real life, real Librans are quite inclined to actually take sides. You know, mm. passionately. Once they've made it, once they're once they've made that decision, weighed everything up, mm. they will go and you know they'll be fiercely in a particular direction. They're a cardinal sign, after all. Yeah, I think, well, my my experience is that they can do that objectively. But the majority of Libras I know are very indecisive when it comes to personal. To decisions of the heart. Decisions, not of, decisions the heart. of the mind. So politics, yeah. no problem. Yeah. yeah. But, but do I choose this, you know, do I choose the millionaire or do I choose the, you know, whatever? Uh, <laughs> Mm. Do I so choose? I, mm. I'm just imagining my this Libra choosing like the millionaire or the person who really needs help. Uh, well, they probably ideally have have both. <laughs> both, I think that's that would get them very confused, wouldn't it? To go with the romance or go with the rescuing the interesting person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 would be a real dilemma. Yeah, it would. that would be a real dilemma. And again, you know, there's my, the classic thing for me with, with Libras is they always want to, they really want to please everyone as well. Yeah. You know, they want to make everyone happy. So that's why they wouldn't know who to go for because it was going to upset someone, um, you know, if it was a romantic choice. And for most Libras I know, actually, it's quite hard saying no. They have to really learn to say, to say no and realize that, you know, they need to put their own happiness first or you know, not try and please everyone because you can't, it's an impossible task. And it's, well, I think it's even more so sometimes for Libra moon, don't you? I mean, Libra moon is very much needs to other people and, um, and can't say no, etc. I think that Librans sometimes, like I said, will make this decision. You're either in the in group or the out group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you're in the out group, that's it. No. Mm. You see, I'm well, a Libra they can be persuaded otherwise though that's yeah. unlike say scorpios <laughs> you know yeah i'm I, you see i'm sun scorpio libra moon so mm. you know mm. i don't i can say no i get very martian so i can yeah. say no quite easily that's not a problem for me i do love libras mm. i love them a lot and you know and i think that is because i've got my moon in libra i'm very attracted to uh the sun libra type yeah so, i'm very i the, and also they have so much to offer uh, you know, this is this is the sign of culture and cultivation and manners. Mm. Um, and you know, where would we be without those things? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, they often have this artistic way of looking at the world as well, mm-hmm. which I love. I mean, they really do appreciate beauty in the world. Mm. So here we are moving into Libra season. Which is good-ish. Not this year so much. Um, what about the sea? Okay, let's talk about the equinox, first of all, which is when the sun is at zero Libra. We're turning a corner of the year into the next season. Yeah. And the days and nights are of equal length at zero, that day at zero Libra, which is the 22nd of September this year. Yeah, mm. yeah. there's a shift of, well, this is, this is where we're at that kind of the harmony of the scales where it's about to tip, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's about to go. Um, yeah, it's just the day, one day that we're, we're in balance and then boom, off we, off we go. And this time it is kind of boom yeah. because with, when you look at these changes in season, so the equinoxes and the solstices, solstices, um, you can sort of do a, it's traditional to do a, you can do a forecast of the three months ahead based on what that chart looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really interesting to do. And it's also been very interesting this year. Um, I've been listening to Maggie Hyde actually, who, very good astrologer who I learned astrology with. And and she pointed out that the spring equinox and the summer solstice chart both had 24 Capricorn rising. Um, 24. So both charts had Pluto, you know, God of the underworld, God of death, actually slap bang on the ascendant in between Jupiter and Saturn in Capricorn, you know, and that's really sort of the spring equinox back in March was when Mm. COVID became global. Um, so it's also when I would say it's when lockdown became global. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what that is, is lockdown. Yeah. The yeah. Pluto Saturn conjunction is being stuck yeah. indoors. We all were suddenly imprisoned. Yeah. No, absolutely. So that that was interesting in itself. I mean, when we get to this equinox, um and, and can I just apologize to people? in the Southern Hemisphere, when I, I'm so used to saying spring equinox for the one in March, but I know that that's different. <laughs> the seasons are different. It gets very hard. You're very ingrained into where you're from, but obviously it's different for the hemispheres. So this one coming up is autumn equinox in the Northern Hemisphere, and it's the beginning of spring in the Southern Hemisphere. But this one's interesting because it has Sagittarius rising. So straight away there's a change but that does mean the ruling planet's jupiter so again this jupiter pluto saturn triple conjunction capricorn is still holding on and pluto sits in between jupiter and saturn yeah and i have to say that i would suggest that sagittarius is about the something about the barriers coming off you know there's jupiter ruled so oh, I don't think this means that we're, we're going to break free of COVID suddenly yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, I, I think that we're going to have, it wouldn't surprise me if we'll have, we're having going to have quite a torrid autumn. Uh, well, and that's how it's looking, isn't it? I mean, already it's looking as if the spikes again, I think there's been a lot of talk about, particularly in the Northern hemisphere heading into the cooler months. Um, that's that again could bring um, bring a spike, but I mean the reality is that yeah, I mean these difficult planets are still they still have hold. Yeah, we need to get through this. I mean, we need to get to the other side into the Aquarius, which isn't really till December, and even then, there's still some more stuff to get through. Although, it, yeah. although the winter solstice chart, um, Northern Hemisphere winter solstice is one degree Aquarius ascendant yeah. and it has Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius. So that does look like something really shifting then at the end of the year. And I think when we looked, you know, the astrology of what was happening this year, we did always see these two conjunctions, one in January, one in December, that yeah. seemed so key for this major, major year. It that's, always that's looked like a bit of a 2020 experience, didn't it? Yeah, that's when the change is coming. Change will happen. Uh, not till before then. Not before then. So, I mean, so to this month, um, we're, you know, we're not at a moment because of the Mars retrograde, because of the coming Mercury retrograde, you know, one 
takeaway, if you take one thing away from this podcast is this is not the time to be tearing ahead with anything. It's the time to be uh, thinking, to be throwing out things, to be clearing the decks for the next phase, which won't come until December. Not really. Unless you're mm, Capricorn, I mean, of course. Or possibly. Yeah. I mean, there, there are exceptions, which we'll talk about. Mm, mm. Um, so for Look, Capricorns, this is your last, you know, this is the last blast of when you have these incredible, powerful planets in your sign and you can really finish stuff off. Yeah, and for Capricorn, it's, you know, because Jupiter has now turned direct in Capricorn, yeah. September the 13th. Saturn, Capricorn's planet, turns direct on 29th of September. And Pluto turns direct in Capricorn on October the 4th. So, yeah, there's things, you know, this that's power for Capricorn in particular. That Absolutely. That is incredibly powerful, isn't it? I would say, you know, really take, but it's like riding, you know, surfing. If you're talking about surfing, you need to get back on your surfboard now and start mm-hmm. paddling. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even if Mars is retrograde, you are going to be surfing ahead. And I also think it's really interesting for people with, um, it, for Aries, people with Aries rising, mm-hmm. because you've got the Mars retrograde in the first house, but at the same time, your career or something is really changing. Yeah. You're going to have to really surf ahead with that. So even if you're lying in bed, Sally, <laughs> with your... Look, Christina, that's not happening, all right? <laughs> even if you're feeling tired, okay? Your career or something, your status is going to be well, going. Yeah. Big changes are afoot. <laughs> yeah. Put it that way. Yeah, I know this is this is the time to actually um, engage fully with life and use the timing of the astrology. So, you know, Mars turns direct on November the 13th, 14th. Yeah. So, mid, you know, preparing for making big moves then. Yeah. And huge moves as well. And huge also be prepared for them to go very fast. Yeah. Um, so the, where are we now? You've got six weeks um between now and then no eight weeks anyway it's mid mid november so you and then actually it's quite a short period before those two planets go into aquarius jupiter and saturn yeah which is yeah so it is pretty exciting and the other you know the other sign just on this these this triple everything going direct in capricorn which is really a huge feature of this month is you think about the coming month it's those three big planets going direct mars being retrograde and mercury being retrograde those are the big themes of october um but the other the other sign for whom that capricorn everything going direct is important is cap is cancer isn't it mm-hmm. so there may have been it's both good and bad isn't it mm-hmm. you know you may have been I, i'm thinking of some cancerians i know who are involved in you know very interesting expansive relationships that have developed actually during covid um and those are going to you know go ahead again so you're it's going to it's the other when it comes to cancerians those are the it's other people affecting you yeah, and I, I know a Cancerian as well with the Mars in Aries in their career sector who's gone back to work mm. after having most of this year not being in work and, yeah. and that being quite exhausting, actually. Obviously, it's kind of from one extreme to the other. Um, and suddenly out there in the world with a lot more people mm. to interact with, all the Capricorns. So I see that very clearly in in her life and needing to you know find, again, this... I think this the astrology actually is quite extreme at the moment. Yeah. It's quite extreme. So it's it's about finding it is about finding that balance, isn't it? In you know, you, if, you've gone, if you've gone up back all into work, for example, you know, you've got you've got to find how do I deal with the what you know time management and the and time out and all of this. So it's kind of you know, or looking at where your work ends and get and this and again this is um a big thing, I think, a big theme, and maybe for Libra as well, people who are having to work from home all the time, mm. really, how do you find that work-life balance? Where does work end, you know, and, and then you have your leisure time or time out or, or family time or whatever. So I think for particularly the cardinal signs, there will be 
juggling or dealing dealing with that um that's going to be a big feature moving forwards mm. and because this month ahead the sun will be in libra obviously mm. that means that all of this stuff is triggered again because the sun will make an oppositions to mars it will make squares to capricorn so it's all everything it's not despite the mars retrograde it's not a relaxing month everything's mm. being triggered um, and everything, you know, things may, some things may go very smoothly. I think that these planets going direct in Capricorn are um, helpful, actually. Mm. Um, even though they're, at, you know, cross purposes to the sun some of the time. But there's going to be areas of your life where things go very fast, very smoothly, and it can be helpful. And these may be kind of more institutional or sort of larger organizations. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think for Librans also, I think there may be stuff to do with your parents. Really, yeah. I think this is yeah. parental. Um, like you may have, for example, been having to deal with elderly parents and that situation will come unstuck, so to speak. Um, uh, it will, it may have been bogged down and it will be unbogged. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I know, again, I know a Libra moving home during this yeah. period. Which is a good thing to do establishing her own foundations you know um so yes and and looking forward to that more independence actually the the thing to keep hang on to is that um both all those planets can be friendly you know even pluto can be friendly and helpful because it's a planet of transformation and if you're willing to do the transformation you have help from generous jupiter and steady Saturn in doing that. It's actually being, um, and we've been very, very static mm. because of this prison feeling with the Pluto Saturn. Mm. Um, but now we're moving out of that. You know, we're leaving prison essentially. Yeah. And looking again at things as well, because I do, you know, what, what is also really important about this month, I think, is that, you know, as Mars retrogrades, it squares. Saturn on the 29th of September, Pluto on October the 9th, and Jupiter on October the 19th. So it already made those squares in August. Mm-hmm. So you know something about, you know, what this represented in your own life. And here's Mars coming, you know, retracing its steps, going backwards. So looking at tackling things a different way, changing tactics, reworking strategy. This is all good Mars retrograde stuff. To kind of encounter, to you said stealth. Stealth. I think being keeping your uh, uh, chest in your cards. Yeah. Mother used to say, uh, you know, keeping your cards close to your chest. Don't go blabbing about what you're doing. This is also part of the Mercury retrograde. You know, this is not necessarily that you're going to do anything bad stealthily, but just, you know you won't be certain really of what the right direction is going to be Mm. for, you know, weeks probably. Mm. Uh, So don't go bolting off in a direction particularly. Mm. This is a time for exploring different directions and, and it's not always wise to tell everybody what you're doing. Absolutely. And, and this is not, this is not the time to be doing that. I mean, Mercury turns retrograde on October the 14th to November the 3rd. So we are in the most retrograde phase of the year. Mm. And that always is keep your cards close to your chest. Mm. You know, do, do the preparation, work things out. And this um, is Scorpio as well. The Mars retrograde is in Scorpio. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, and that is the most secretive sign. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you will be able to find out other people's secrets. If you yeah. want. And this is a very good time for archaeology and investigation. Yes. Um, yeah. It's also a great time for digging you know, stuff out of your own, uh, you know, investigating yourself, isn't it? Especially for Scorpios, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, bringing out the side of Scorpio that is kind of psychic, uh, can read people's minds, read between the lines, all of that, you know, detective hat on, mm-hmm. um, but tapping into sort of that real intuitive instinctual side as well i think for scorpio and and for taurus you know i think that this the mars the mercury retrograde is you know it's in your 
house of relationships. Mm. Um, and you may be reconsidering one or you may find something out. I think more likely you find something out about your partner that's unexpected or mm-hmm. some attribute, which may be a good one. You know, they may be braver than you thought. Mm. Or they go quiet on you as well. I think that's often when Mercury's retrograde in your relationship sector. You know, someone goes quiet. They take themselves off. Mm. And and if that's the case for you, don't push it. (laughs) Wait for Mercury to turn direct before really, you know, confronting the issue more. It's always that space to kind of you tread quietly during uh, the Mercury retrograde phase. Yeah, I was thinking actually for Libra also, that's that's valid, valid uh, forecast as well as to say, actually, someone might go quiet. You know, your love life may go completely flat. Yes, Mars retrograde. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, if Mars is the sexual impulse, libido and all that. It's, it's a bit flaccid really, isn't it? It, um, could, it could be a bit flat and disappointing. <laughs> I think that's true, particularly for Sagittarians, actually. It's like you may be feeling a bit flat and not so much fun after possibly having had quite a lot of fun earlier in the year. Yeah, and you might have fun again from mid-November onwards. Yeah. So, you know, this is it's just... Relax. Still, it's out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. And, uh, okay. you know, the, yeah, I'm just thinking also about the Mercury retrograde for, um, you know, because it's in... in Scorpio um, it's going to be going across the top of the chart for Aquarius um, which is quite interesting because Aquarius you're going to have a very very big year next year and you may be thinking about changing directions which is very hard for Aquarians of course because fixed sign you like to do the same stuff um, but you may be ha- having you should clear the decks. You should be getting ready for next year. And this Mercury retrograde period allows you to have a bit of a rethink about your direction. Mm. Mm. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, I know some Aquarians who've been having a tough time. So I think also it's kind of patience is needed. Patience, recuperation, slowly, slowly. Yeah. really getting ready for you know Aquarius year coming in 2021 um, but take your time um, yeah and the other thing the uh, we haven't dealt with the lunations but the other really important thing I think this month is the sextile and this this is the good stuff you know so actually Jupiter these planets in Capricorn can give you this big whoosh of energy in some part of your chart. Um, but there's also a wonderful sextile between uh, Neptune and Pluto. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Your planets, Christina. Planets, yeah. Yeah. Neptune and Pluto. Who cares about Pluto? I'm interested in Jupiter. Um, <laughs> but actually, the um, but the that wonderful sextile does bring everything. All that. Um, because they are in a, a stellium, Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn, it brings the whole stellium kind of into relationship with Neptune. Um, but the but the exact conjunct, uh, sextile between Jupiter and Neptune is very very positive, I think. Yeah, it's on October the twelfth, and these two planets have also met February the twentieth and July the twenty seventh. And Neptune, you know, has been doing its best, hasn't it? It's been really kind of um, trying to work alongside this this tough year. And, you know, I think many people with the Neptune, there's been this kind of um, sort of looking to compassion and kindness, that Neptunian side, but also artistic and creative things. It's where do you find sort of inspiration or solace in this you know, quite challenging year. And I think Neptune, wherever Neptune is in your chart, that's, that's helped in a way. Yeah. I think well, what I think uh, is quite interesting is, well, there's two things I think. One is it's been incredibly good for artistic or creative people. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have managed to do stuff that they wouldn't have been able to do. It's really been surprising. You know, I've spoken to many people who found the lockdown actually for their artistic practice has been great. Um, 
but the other side of course of neptune is chaos mm. it's, this is the chaotic planet in the chaotic sign mm. and of course we've seen governments in absolute chaos yeah um, and this is in you know saturn poor old saturn which is all about not chaos has been trying to sort of deal with that incredibly chaotic mm. uh, by by digging in and possibly being a bit retrograde or backward um, but the Jupiter coming direct actually brings, as you say, a sort of much more positive side to that Neptune. Um, and that's really good for Pisces, obviously. It's very good for Capricorns. But I think it's also really creative and wonderful, particularly for Virgoans who um, may be having a, you know, either a wonderful love affair um, or romance. Their life may be very satisfying um or they may be having a, a very uh creative time yeah artistically block yeah um you'll be unblocked by these planets moving forward despite and, all the retrogrades you know yeah and actually it fits for um a gemini friend of mine as well who's actually having to reinvent completely her career Mm. Um, but is is really enjoying doing so and looking at new ways of you know financing um, her life and is actually starting out on a new career vocation which mm. I think fits very much for for Gemini um, and you know trying to find hope and faith in this again for for the Gemini I know her you know her work went completely so so this is sort of um, really looking for where the new vistas are opening up which is very jupiter neptune yeah i mean for gemini it's interesting because it is across the midheaven that neptune which can when that happens it can be a wipeout of your career um and you have got to actually be completely creative um and reimagine it and you've got and sometimes that's really difficult except you've got this help at the moment from very practical capricorn planets which may be literally getting investors or borrowing some money if you're a gemini to invest in your brilliant career as a film director or whatever it's going to be yeah pairing be back what pairing back finances first of all pairing back expenses but then looking yeah. oh see i think that the thing with that is because it's jupiter in the it's it will for Gemini Jupiter will be going through the eighth, yeah, uh, along with Saturn and Pluto. And I think that first of all, as we were discussing before we did the podcast, we think the this is looking quite bad for the economy in general. But I think it's not a bad time to be looking for an investor for Gemini mm. and actually taking a loan, not during the Mars retrograde or the Mercury retrograde after that. Yeah, so well, doing your research now. You can do yep. your research. You can get recommendations, look at what you might want or need. But yes, wait yep. until November before actually actioning things. And this this is the key for a lot of people, isn't it? This month, it feels very much like, um, you know, there's certain things that need to, you need to pull back, ready to catapult them out in November. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be careful now. And also don't sign anything. I mean, it's all the usual advice, but like really seriously, guys, this time <laughs> we really mean it. Don't yeah. sign anything. Don't start anything. Yeah. You know, big, even if you've got a lot of pressure to push forward. Mm. And if you do know that it will change, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it will change and that could be troublesome. Um, yeah. Or if you need to do something that has to stay really flexible, maybe not so bad. Mm. Yeah. Um, there is one sign that I'd like to talk about and who I, I think could have quite a good month and that's Leo actually. Oh. And I say that because the sun is in, you know, the sun is in social Libra, um, house of communication and community, but, but Leos do have lovely Venus in Leo um, until early October. Yeah. Very nice. So, you know, yeah, it's there for the, the first part of um this month coming up and and Venus is actually doing really nice things this month. It's kind of where to look for the, the good stuff or where to look for the sort of joy, the happiness. So Venus is in Leo until early October, which is great for being in love or doing more of what you love. 
Um, so I think it could be, you know, particularly the end of September could be quite nice for Leo's in that respect. Yeah. And then Virgo, yeah. Virgo also gets Venus from the beginning of October. I don't know the October the second it moves into Virgo, so they get Venus on their side. Yeah, well, I think it's pretty good. For, actually, you know, I think this is all pretty good for Virgos anyway. But with the added bonus of Venus, it's even better. Um, I, I think you're right about Leo having, you know, and I think that Leos may have been finding this all quite interesting anyway this year. And it's been, um, you know, as far as from a Leo point of view, the this is all a lot of this year has been about changing your, you know, the stellium is in the sixth house of work, duty, responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And some of those responsibilities will have been very onerous. Mm -hmm. You know, you will may have been having to work very hard, but you may also be able at this moment to be giving up some responsibility that you've been dragging around, you know, or some duty that you've been dragging around. And that's actually been really holding you back. And get on with some of the stuff that you actually enjoy. Um, also just with Venus and Leo, it's a good time for, to get a haircut, to get your hair redone. Mm, beauty. <laughs> yeah. Beauty. Not beauty. just for Leo's, for everybody, get your hair cut, you know, the sign of manes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, or not get it, not a cut, but ma- you know, a beautiful makeover. Yeah. Preen. Um, it's preen. Preen. Exactly. Um, and of course, for, just to point out that, that if, Venus is in Leo. That means for Aquarius, it's in your relationship sector, which is always good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're looking for help, there is help available. Yeah, and the same for Pisces. When Venus moves into Virgo, then, Hmm. you know, that's your relationship sector. So don't go it alone. Yeah. You've got friends, at least one. You've got help. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) look for the help. We should just talk about the lunation, shouldn't we, really? Yeah, um, I guess we have to. We must, we must, we. The tricky ones this month, to be yes. honest. A full moon in Aries on October the 1st and a new moon in Libra on October the 16th. So immediately, you know, we've got these lunations in cardinal signs. And the cardinal signs, Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, well, it's where all the action is. This is where all the squares are, all the conflicts. So, you know, they're likely to be quite challenging, aren't they? Really? Yeah, I, the moon is also making a conjunction. Uh, uh, the full moon on October the first is mm-hmm. making a conjunction to Chiron, the wounded healer, or the wound, and mm-hmm. it's also ruled by Mars. So, yeah. boom, there you go. That's quite a explosive sort of uh, full moon, and possibly, you know, be careful. I would say, you know, don't be careful. What mind what you say? Don't go damaging something or a situation. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would say for Aries in particular, don't take any risks with your health. Yeah. You know, really don't put yourself in a situation um, and think, oh, it'll be fine. You know, I won't catch COVID or whatever. Really look after yourself. Don't don't be that impulsive, foolhardy type um, of is Aries. That, in. Sally, is that note to self? <laughs> it was note to self, Christine. I'm writing that in the diary, October the 1st. Be careful where I go. <laughs> Yeah, no, but seriously, don't. I mean, that would be, uh, and I have to say, it's a full moon conjunct Chiron, which is about health sometimes, you know. So, guys, that's actually a general point that Sally's making. I think you can pull that out, Yeah. you know, um, which is don't take any risks on that day. It's a day when, again, this thing makes get another blast of energy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um. But on the good side, I'm just desperately looking for something good to say about this full moon. It's yeah, it's a full moon in your career sector, you know, if you're um, Cancerian. Yes. So, you know, it may shed some light on something that's going on at work uh, or on your boss. You may hear something. Um, yeah. And for Librans, you know, this, one of the things that, you know, we were talking at the beginning of this podcast about Libras and their interest in relationships and other people is this full moon is a good time for examining the difficult parts 
of your relationships or the difficult person, the things that are, that are hurtful and maybe getting them out and giving them a little, little bit of a polish and putting them away again. Mm. And I also do think, you know, there's kind of an extreme feel about this full moon. Yep. It probably is a very good time to, you know, there is going to be a sense of leaping in or leaping out. You have, it, there is a commit quit feel about this full moon as well. Mm. Um, you know, and full moons are, they are a good time to make decisions. There's clarity. The light of the moon is at its brightest. You know, there's very often on the full moon head and heart, you can hold them in unison and making decisions and that's really important on this full moon actually in Aries you know use both use your heart but also the logic of your head to make these intuitive decisions on this full moon but the caveat is you know that we're in this we're in this mercury this mars retrograde so it's a full moon ruled by mars retrograde so you know on looking at librans again it may be that a, a relationship that looked dead maybe re-emerging yeah yeah i love i love that about retrogrades in that people often come back from the past to you know reveal things tell you things light up Mm. your life again so you know this is a very retrograde month look out for the particularly on lunations as well look out for the people who come into your life yeah actually sagittarius that may also be a rekindling of a romance yeah or at least i think a sex affair and more (laughs) more than that you know it's not so much moonlight and roses and more hot and heavy for the sagittarians we just told them they couldn't have sex because of mars retrograde though <laughs> well you might get a flutter at the full moon <laughs> say they couldn't i just said maybe maybe it'll go a bit floppy maybe okay um but looking at that full moon i'm just wondering um okay uh then there's the new moon which is again it's quite uh it's right in the middle of everything because it's in libra you know which makes and it's making an exact square to pluto saturn to the prison this prison aspect this being trapped aspect which we're all experiencing um i'm just wondering oh are we going to have lockdown again starting from the 16th of october Mm -hmm. i really hope not but I, I do think that lockdown is quite likely to be happening. Um, or at least more restrictions. Yeah, as we progress through the through this month, yeah, there will and, be more restrictions. And at the same time, a lot of anger around it because Mars is opposite the new moon and square to the Saturn-Pluto. So this is 16th of October. I mean, the one thing that, you know, that is great about Mars at the moment is that it's at its brightest in the sky, mm. you know, always at this time, um, when Mars is retrograde, you can actually, you know, it's very close. It's, um, have you seen it yet in the sky? Yeah. 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 As in what's Look, that? Oh my God. It's, it's the most bright thing. So it is great for stargazing. It's at its most visible. And this is always the time when Mars is retrograde every two years when, you know, there's there's a lot of people are going off looking for Mars at the moment, aren't there? There's been a lot of missions, space missions launched this summer, um, which will land next year. So you know, we're when, we're kind of when, getting closer to Mars. Yeah, we put well, it is closer when it's retrograde, isn't it? Um, could we send Elon Musk to Mars soon, please, and then just throw away the key or whatever is the return thing? He's a Cancerian, isn't he? Maybe he'll go on this new moon. <laughs> Maybe he'll go. That would be so yeah. excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Mm. I have no... Well, how do you feel about that? I have no desire. You know, people talk about wanting to sort of start a mission on Mars. and Well, we're gonna go it, isn't it? That is it. Other you, go. you go and you don't come back. I have I, no I, desire to do that. I'd like I it here. Yeah, and you know, I know people who's who the, who will be maybe saying goodbye to their children who are going to Mars, and you know they would never see them again. I don't. It's not for me. I'm not going. Yeah, I might be a Mars type, but I'd like to look at it in the sky, and not go and live on it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not that brave and bold. <laughs> I have no desire. What's wrong with Earth? It's really nice here. Mm. <laughs> uh, 
if only we'd stop wrecking it. Yes, look um, after it and tend to it, care yeah. for it. If we could so, have a bit more of a series attitude and a bit less of a Pluto attitude to Earth, that would be a good thing. Yeah. Less exploitation, more caring. Yeah. yeah. Goddess of Earth, the Earth. So it's an interesting new moon, isn't it? I wouldn't really, you know, uh, new, new beginnings on this new moon are going to no. be quite, well, they're going to be big ones if you do them. They're going to be kind of, Okay, I have to, but no, let's not. No, don't it's choose to. Do not. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, do not choose to start something on this new moon. Yeah, you might be pushed into a new beginning on this new moon. That's more of the energy of it, I think. And you will have a lot of opposition. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a tough new moon to start something new. Not a good, not a good time. Even if you're a Libra, you yeah. know, just wait. Yeah. Um, and you you would be running into, I think that you would start it and have to stop it immediately. So just don't do it. Just wait. Um, and that really, I think that's one of the lessons of this month is be patient. Wait. Yeah. So you don't have to rush into everything and allow those, you know, the creative energy of certain things like that Jupiter or Neptune sextile is this wonderful creative energy allow that all to happen it doesn't mean you actually have to rush forward and produce things or do anything it's all in the kind of um brewing stage mm, it's preparation it's sorting yeah. and throwing things away definitely. And, and looking at what else you can do how can you change your tactics how can you rework things this it's very yeah. strong retrograde energy so my dear on that note Big month coming up. Yeah. <laughs> and then it will be Scorpio season. Yay! Yay! Which we kind of like, but it's still, Scorpio season this year is still, it's interesting to be going into Scorpio with Scorpio's ruler retrograde, isn't it? Mm, it is. It's going to be very different. Yeah, different from usual. Yeah. Um, okay, great. Well, see, talk to you next month, Sally. Um, yeah, hope- I look forward to it. I look forward to hearing how you actually spent a lot of time drinking Ovaltine. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> 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 Alright, okay. take care. See, See you later. next time. Bye. Bye.